Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. Hope you had a great weekend. We are so excited this week to have a couple more guests on the podcast that I met personally at the America at the Crossroads conference in Dallas, Texas. And I'll get to that in just a minute. We need to open in prayer because there's so much going on. We have to dedicate this to God. Father in heaven, thank you for uh, giving us this time just to inform people and challenge people. And we ask, Lord, that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit and give us wisdom in these days in which we're living. Father, we thank you that uh, you are sovereign. We thank you that you are not surprised by what's going on in America and around the world, that it somehow falls under the part of your plan, Lord. And in Bible prophecy, we know how it all ends. But, Lord, give your people a heart of repentance and passion for truth and help us not be silent about what's happening in our country. We love you, Lord. We lift up this hour to you and we thank you that we are here for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're so blessed today to have Pastor Stephen Broden here. He's a founder and senior pastor of Fair Park Bible Fellowship in Texas. He's also a former professor political commentator, and he's an advocate for the pro-life movement. He's done a lot of work, and he still does to this day, and I appreciate his voice very much. Uh, Stefan, thank you so much for coming on Stand Up For The Truth. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you, sir. Um, It was such a blessing to meet you and hear your presentation in Dallas uh, about four weeks ago. And I want to go back, uh, first of all, to May of this year, You've been very active in not only, of course, in the church trying to rally believers in Christ, but you've also been uh, in the political realm speaking about what's happening in in culture regarding politics. And uh, I believe, if I have it correctly, you were a Republican political candidate from the state of Texas in the 30th Congressional District for the U.S. House of Representatives. So you are not one that's that's shy or wants to back down from uh, not influencing our culture. So you said the very soul of our nation is in trouble. That was at an event you spoke at in Dallas called Open Texas. And I would love for you to just to give a little background on your passion for trying to get people, Christians, engaged and warning them about what's happening today. Well, thank you for the, the opportunity to share these uh, ideas. Um, I do believe that we're in a tremendous um, cross uh, hairs of the liberal left. Mm-hmm. And um, what they're doing is shooting at, at a number of institutions in our culture in order to flip this nation into a socialistic fair, uh, paradigm. Mm. And that's what we're facing right now. And I think the left believes they're at a point where they can flip this nation. Um, much of my involvement and participation in the political arena is out of my awareness of God's uh, prophetic calendar and what he's doing. Uh, Much of what is happening in our world today is not outside the purview of God's purpose, but it fits in as a puzzle. As we lead to the inevitable and eventual return of Christ, there are events that are unfolding. And we have been warned in scripture uh, to be on the alert, to be uh, I, I, what I call vigilant in our effort to advance the kingdom of God and to provide the Christian alternative in the public square. And that means we have to be involved in the political arena. God created government, and uh, government has a role in God's economy to the extent that it functions under the definitions that are specified to it within the scriptures. It serves the purpose of the kingdom. Mm. But when it gets outside of that, then we've got an issue. And the way that it is identified as being outside the definitions of Scripture is that God's people, as salt and light agents of the kingdom, stand up and begin to represent 
the biblical um, definitions of the role of government and the role of of Christians and and how we as Christians are to function under those definitions. And so, I, as a Christian, I I and as a pastor, I see uh, moral rot taking place mm. in our community. Yes, and in yeah. our world today. And that rot is not happening organically. It's being engineered uh, by dark forces and by philosophies and ideas that are antithetical to the definitions of morality that are represented to us in the Holy Writ, the Word of God. That's interesting. So as an agent... Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you if that was one of my questions for you, that you said in your presentation in Dallas that uh, what's happening, these global movements... And these elites, power elites, are not—it's not organic. You said it's—it's it's a synthetic uh, movement or force. Could you continue to explain that, please? Right. Well, what we're seeing is an unfolding of a philosophy, an idea. The Bible says in Colossians chapter two, in verse eight, it says, "See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophies, empty deceptions, according to the traditions of men and the elementary principles of the world." rather than according to Jesus Christ. The philosophies that I think that he warns us about are those philosophies that are at play even today. Mm. There are godless ideas that our nation and our children, our schools and our institutions have embraced. It is the socialistic idea, Darwinism, communism, Marxism, uh, secular humanism, all those isms are anti-God systems developed by men who were God-haters. Darwin, Karl Marx, uh, Joseph Stalin, Vladimir Lenin, these men hated God, and they embraced this idea, this philosophy of creating a socialistic utopia that is peace and tranquility, that is engineered by men, that is devoid of God, deliberately devoid of God. I think Karl Marx said this, my goal in life is to dethrone God and to destroy capitalism. Mm -hmm. That's precisely what we see happening right now in America. God has been dethroned in our nation. And, and communism, Marxism, socialism has, has replaced God. That's right. In our nation, mm -hmm. a nation that was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, have discarded our Judeo-Christian principles and have fully embraced communism and Marxism. You say, well, wait a minute. Our, our government, we still have, you know, our the Constitution is dying a death of a thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. And if Donald Trump doesn't win this election cycle, we're gone. Joe Biden and the Democrats will move us completely away from the Constitution to full embracement of socialism in our nation now. So we're we're in a in a in a fight here, mm -hmm. and as Christians, we need to recognize what it is that we're facing. Part of the problem is that we are not aware of what's happening, although the Bible has warned us over and over again. Let me give you an example of something I just came across in my own development as I studied the scriptures. You know, in, in Thessalonians chapter 5, it says that there will be a, a deluding spirit that will go out and deceive many. And those who have rejected the love of Christ, the love of the gospel, will be susceptible to that deception. The question is, what is that deception? I submit to you that the deception that is in the earth today that has blinded many and has deceived many is socialism and communism. Mm -hmm. They believe that they can achieve a utopia here on earth, equality of all the races and peace and tranquility by embracing a Marxist philosophy. That is the deception. And our children in America have been indoctrinated in our academic institutions to believe that, that everything else, that God doesn't exist, capitalism doesn't work, and hmm. socialism is the only answer for the earth today. That's a deception. That's a deluding spirit. 
Wow, strong. I believe that's what yes. we're facing right now in America. Yes, a strong delusion. We're talking with Pastor Stephen Broden from Dallas, Texas. And what? how would you respond to Christians, well-meaning or naive, whatever, however you want to describe them, who would say, well, wait a minute now, I was with you until you started talking about politics. And you, you mentioned, whether you mentioned Joe Biden or Donald Trump, um, I was with you when you talked about the immoral movement in our country and these movements that have taken down the education system, the media, Hollywood, and even in our government. But when you start mentioning names and talking about that in church, um, come on, you're a pastor. You should be sticking with the Word of God. How do you respond to people like that? Uh, I, I am a pastor, and I am a watchman on the wall. Amen. And the Bible warns us against philosophies, and philosophies manifest themselves out in policies. Policies are that which is represented by politicians as they craft laws and legislation that ultimately impact how I conduct myself and how I uh, uh, behave inside society. And for me as a representative of the kingdom of God, to to detach myself from that, and to not be an influence, as he calls me to be an influence, salt and light, uh, then what I have done is abdicated my stewardship responsibility to represent the mind and purpose of God in every aspect, in every crack and crevice of my existence, and that includes politics. Hmm. Politics is governing right now what morality looks like in America. Our morality right now is being defined by politicians. Mm -hmm. They have determined that God's view of marriage is wrong. And they have opened marriage up through legislation and codifying it into law, same-sex marriage. They've codified into law that sodomy is legal, that transgenderism is legal hmm. that pedophilia is not a mental illness laws are being written now they're yeah. saying that california has a law sitting on on governor newsom's desk right now that will legalize sexual relationships between an adult and a minor politicians are doing that mm-hmm. and if we as christians do not influence them to do what is right, holy, and just from a biblical definition, then we are susceptible and will be vulnerable to the evil that they're perpetrating against our nation today. We must be involved. Amen, brother. Amen. We cannot stand on the sideline and allow this wickedness to go unchecked and unfettered, for it will produce a result that will be devastating to families, to our wives, our daughters, our sons, it will destroy the family. And the family is being slowly destroyed right now. Yes, it is. And I thank you for your voice, and I thank you for what you just shared. And I pray, you guys, if you're listening and you can share this podcast, uh, please pray about approaching your pastor or church leader. If they are not addressing some of these concerns in our culture and in the political spectrum. But, uh, Stefan, you mentioned— I believe it was in your message in Dallas, to piggyback on what you just shared, the threat of the Equality Act. Um, And you said something like this, if I remember right. If it passes, it could change Christianity in America forever. Could you please explain that this is not an exaggeration? Yes, the Equality Act will nullify the Religious Restoration Act of 19, I think it's 1993 which protects churches from um, having to do same-sex marriage or to uh, comply with laws that will uh, contradict our uh, belief systems. Uh, so it's, it's a protection for the church, if you will. Mm-hmm. The Equality Act will add to our laws covering and protection for the LGBT community. They will be a protected class, thereby nullifying any laws that will discriminate against them or will 
prevent them from exercising their liberties as defined by the Equality Act. In other words, the church will not have as an excuse for not doing marriages or allowing homosexuals to work in their daycare centers or whatever the case may be, in their schools and their academic institutions. They cannot use the, um, I may be saying this wrong, is it the Religious Restoration Act? Of 1993, I believe. Reli- is it religious uh, freedom? The, 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 yeah. R- religious freedom, freedom Restoration Act? Yes. I think that's what uh, it is. That will be nullified completely, and it says specifically within the act itself, mm-hmm. it will not and cannot be used as an excuse for not uh, providing equality and protection for the LGBT community. Wow. That's nullification. That's changing the whole definition of uh, the First Amendment. And uh, government has, will, at that point, intrude upon our rights that are guaranteed to us in that First Amendment. They will be nullified, cut off, and the church will have to capitulate mm-hmm. and abide by the law as it relates to uh, the LGBT community. This is a dangerous act. Most people don't know about it. We've been trying to sound the alarm uh, for the churches for the last two and a half years. It passed out of the House. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats passed it out of the House, and it's in the Senate now. It's at the Judiciary Committee. Uh, Lindsey Graham has tabled it. Wow. They will not take it up. Hmm. They will not take it up. It's tabled. But they did not discard it. Hmm. That means if Joe... Biden wins. He'll come and reactivate it, and it will pass. And then the, the the relationship between the church and the state will be forever redefined under the Equality Act. This is serious business. I, I'm telling Christians cannot sit on the sidelines and start talking about politics. Look, we're in the crosshairs of every left-leaning political organization in America today. We stand as a, a problem for them. They cannot do what they want to do because the church is in the way. And so they're going to do everything they can to mitigate, marginalize, and to discard any Christian influence mm-hmm. in the public square. And they're very close to pulling that off right now. Yes, they are. And they've made incremental progress. Um, we've got two minutes left before we need to take our first break, uh, Stefan. But um, I have said that if they pass this, and this kind of legislation goes through, there may be a time in our in our near future that you, you could not, as a Christian, quote a scripture against homosexuality because it could be a hate crime. Is that possible, or am I just pulling this out of my hat? No, that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot discriminate or speak negatively about their lifestyle, about what God has to say about it, because it will be against the law. Mm. That's how bad things have gotten in America because Christians don't want to get involved in politics. When you don't get involved, you open the door for the other side to do whatever they want to do without having the check and balance of our influence in the public square. Mm. Amen. That's what we're talking about today. Christians must be engaged and influential in the public square Uh, The consequence of Christian silence is really what we're seeing today, this infiltration by the left and by godless liberalism and Marxism, and we'll talk more about that. We've got one minute left before we need to take a break, but um, you mentioned being watchmen on the wall. I'm thankful for the watchmen that were at the pastor's conference in Texas, America at the Crossroads. Just uh, if you can actually, I'll ask you about that when we get back from the break because we'll run out of time. But uh, you also write or used to write for the Black Pro-Life Movement uh, blog. I'm not sure if if that's up to date or not. But where can people get information on you and your church, um, uh, Fair Park Bible Fellowship? Uh, Well, uh, the best way to to find out what we're doing is to go to my Facebook page, and that's uh, Pastor Stephen Broden. And uh, my sermons are on there, and much of my uh, observations uh, is on the Facebook page. So that's the best way to to do that with me. Okay, and when we come back, you shared an article saying men of color are voting for Trump. So that could be changing 
in some of the minority communities. We'll talk to Stefan Broden about that and cultural Marxism and a whole lot more when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Don't go anywhere. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our special guest today, Pastor Stephen Broden, founder and senior pastor of Fair Park Bible Fellowship in Texas. Um, Stephen, you, you, you founded that church in 1987, is that right? That's correct. I, we planted it in 1987 in the inner city where God called me to, to provide uh, the Christian alternative in a very dark place. Wow. I mean, that's um, you're not a rookie to ministry. That's the year I got saved, by the way, 1987. Um, yeah. uh, so much that you shared, and we will actually put the link to your presentation. Uh, it's a Liberty Pastors video. We'll put that in today's podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com when we're all done here. But uh, you mentioned Antonio Gramsci and cultural Marxism, and we've talked about that on this podcast before, but you bring some points from history and how um, he basically decided that the economic uh, Marxism, classical Marxism, would not impact America, but cultural Marxism was the answer, and they've been very successful in gaining influence. Please share some details on that for our listeners. Uh, certainly. Uh, classical Marxism, uh, obviously, is an economic system. And Karl Marx believed that the best way to replace the capitalistic system is through armed struggle and revolution. He called it the, the revolution of the proletariat. Uh, we saw that take place in 1917 with the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. And, uh, and they thought that naturally after that display of what the proletariat would do by taking over the system and replacing it with socialism, that it would catch in Western uh, Europe. It didn't catch. It didn't happen. And the philosophers were in a, a kind of a confusion as to why it didn't happen. So they began to study it. And it turned out the reason why Western civilization did not embraced the revolution as Karl Marx had defined it was because there were two entities that prevented it from happening. The institutions, and hmm. uh, that is the institutions that of family, the institutions of school and unions and so forth and so on, uh, did not prevent or did not allow for the revolution to take place. And the other institution that they were concerned about or entity was the church. Christianity stood in the way. In fact, it undergirded the other institutions with its Judeo-Christian principles. And, and uh, Antonio Grimsey says, if in fact we're going to have success, it cannot happen with armed revolution. We must have a cultural change. And so he created, uh, or they created, I should say, the, the philosophers, in the 1929 in the Frankfurt School in, of Germany, created what is called cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism does not emphasize economics, but it emphasizes the culture, what we think, our conduct, our behavior, our morality. And it targets that to change it. And so they implemented what is called cultural Marxism. But cultural Marxism came to America not as cultural Marxism. The name itself would probably turn off most Americans. Mm -hmm. It came to us as political correctness. They Ooh. are the same thing. And political correctness has redefined culture in America, so much and so that every institution in America that influences us today have embraced a socialistic paradigm. Mm. And let me name them. There's seven of them. I believe that the government has embraced it. Yes. Major media has embraced it. Mm -hmm. Academia at all levels, high academics and, and primary ac academics, businesses and corporations, the arts, mm -hmm. all embrace this socialistic idea of a utopia and an egalitarian redistribution of wealth and everybody can be equal and everybody can be multiculturalism, all that mess. 
is political correctness. I named five. There's two left. The church. Yes. And the family. All of these institutions right now are playing political correctness, which is an embracement of cultural Marxism, which is targeting our culture, our conduct, and our behavior. One of the things that they are attempting to do is to redefine morality. They have changed right and wrong in America. Wrong is now right, and right is now wrong in America. That's political correctness. Wow. Isaiah 520, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. We're living that out. Would you please clarify something for me, for our listeners, Stefan? Karl Marx hated God, and uh, as a result, I'm sure he hates Christians or he hated Christians. Um, What is undeniable is the evil associated with this Marxist communist ideology, at least 100 million dead in the 20th century alone. How did it become so softened that it would be accepted not only in culture, but by Christians in the church? Well, (laughs) that's a very good question. You know, this whole social justice movement, Mm. and I know you've heard of it, but that's it's been around for a long time. It was created by Marxist social justice. Mm-hmm. It is an attempt to try to co-opt legitimate issues of justices and to redefine them through the lens of communism. It is an attempt to disparage and to mar and scar the systems as we know it today as being an unequal, unjust system and it needs to be replaced with their definition of justice. So it is an instrument that has been used, and it has been used against the church. Uh, I think it was Saul Alinsky who said this, we will use the poor as a battering ram against the system. Use the dilemma, the plight of the poor, and the injustices that are oftentimes perpetrated against them as a justification for the poor to resist the system to turn on the system, to exploit the system for their be- on their behalf. So they toxify, and this is what I think most people don't realize, is that the community organizers that come in, those socialists that comes into our community, the black community and poor communities, come in and take legitimate concerns, toxify them, and use them to advance their agenda, not, the, not to help the poor, but to advance their agenda to... Uh, dismantle and to replace the systems that are in place now. It's called a Hegelian dialectic. Hmm. Theses, antitheses, synthesis, change. And that's what's happening in America today. And we have been so manipulated and maneuvered, incrementally moved away from our Judeo-Christian principles that now we don't even want to talk about God. Our kids don't want to talk about God. They don't want to hear it. The postmodern mind said that that's right for you, but not right for me. I don't want to have what you have. My right is different from your right. All of that is a postmodern idea and situational ethics. All that stuff has its roots in Fabian socialism and communism with a view of changing Western civilization into a socialistic paradigm. It is the delusion that Satan is using now to manipulate our culture and our world away from belief in God. Hmm. And they have made... It is that deceptive spirit. It is that deceptive spirit. I'm convinced of that. I may be wrong, Hmm. but I'm convinced that that, the deceptive spirit that is deceiving the world... And look, our kids, young people in America, Generation Z, whatever they are... (laughs) They embrace socialism completely. Yes, a majority. Bernie, how, how do you explain a Bernie Sanders in America? Good question. The only explanation is that the young people embraced him and they embraced his message because they have been indoctrinated in these Luciferian laboratories called public schools. Wow. Um, you also warned four years ago. I mean, we're talking about this now. Because we're seeing 
we're seeing in, in America the t two different directions that we could go based on this upcoming election on November 3rd. And you warned four years ago, possibly even more, in some of your writings and some of your speeches, you've warned about the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, we found out recently that there, the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement are trained Marxists, and they, they admit that they're organizers, and they in, have infiltrated and manipulated the black community. And you say what's behind their plan is to replace capitalism with socialism, but to ultimately remove the influence of Judeo-Christian heritage from the, from the public square. So we know their founders are trained Marxists. We know two, at least two of them are lesbians. So BLM is affiliated with the LGBT and a lot of these other anti-American movements. So the question is, um, how do people who really want to support the fact let's just say Christians, want to support the fact that God created man in his image. Therefore, every human life matters. Some Christians want to say, absolutely, black lives matter. Yes, absolutely. So some people in the church are having a hard time differentiating the, the idea and sentiment from the global Marxist and, you know, really the movement that has been funded by billionaires that are antichrist. Uh, you know, one of the, 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 the problems that exists for us as Christians is that we are just oblivious to what's going on around us because we have decided to plant our heads in the sand because we don't like politics. It's dirty. It's nasty. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't like politicians. They lie all the time. So what we've done is sequestered ourselves from the marketplace, and we've allowed this stuff to metastasize around us. But what's happening is that these things that are happening to us and in us, in our nation, have an idea behind it. These are philosophies mm -hmm. that are being exercised and manifested among us. And, and certainly, one of the things that the Marxists want to do is to get rid of the Christian influence altogether. And part of that is redefining what morality is. They use the gay community. They use the, uh, uh, the black community and poor communities for their purposes. Mm -hmm. And so the gay community is pushing an immorality. So they want to legitimize in the in, So they get behind that movement and they push it out there and they use psychology and they use all kinds of sociology and stuff to legitimize the illegitimate. Hmm. This is what BLM is doing. Yes. Black Lives Matter is a socialistic organization with a view or with a purpose of destroying God's definition of family. Hmm. They make that clear on their website. Yes. You can't find it now. They, they scrubbed it. They've taken it down. Yep. Where they want to redefine uh, the family completely, get rid of the male-dominated family, and uh, let the village raise kids and all this other stuff, they are redefining everything in order to destroy what we have. Hmm. And political correctness is the means by which to do that. And immorality is what they're pushing, freedom to, to love whoever you want to love, marry whomever you want to marry, have sex with whomever you want to have sex with, children, boys, girls, and, and the next thing is animals. All of this stuff is happening right in our culture yes. while Christians are trying to hide in the church waiting for Jesus to return. And Jesus tells us, occupy until I come. That means be salt and light agents of the kingdom, ambassadors for Christ, not in the church, mm. outside the church. Yes, exactly. In the community. Yes. In the world. In the nations. Hmm. Ambassadors for Christ, not secret agents. We're talking with Pastor Stephen Broden, Senior Pastor, Fair Park Bible Fellowship in Texas. We'll put the link to his Facebook page in the post today. Um, things might be changing a little bit. People are starting to catch on because the left has pulled out all the stops, and they are being so blatantly hateful, intolerant, and radical. I think of what's happening on the streets in America and the rioting, but you just shared an article on your Facebook page from the Daily Caller 
the, called the Multicultural Male Coalition that could give Trump four more years. And you say men of color are voting for Trump. Black men and brown men realize that toxic femininity is destroying families and their communities. Male leadership is needed for boys to learn what it means to be a man and for girls to know what real men look like. Why don't we hear this talked about, the importance of family, fathers, and the, in the black communities? Why aren't people addressing this? Some are, but not many. Uh, I would say probably more than you think. Hmm. The issue is that we don't have the platforms that the liberal left has yes. to, to indoctrinate our culture. They have the left-leaning media, and they are in their socialist, and they're pushing a socialistic doctrine. So they ignore us. I think it was Mark Stein who said this. The worst thing that media can do to you is to ignore you completely. And that's what they've been doing with the black conservative voice. Mm, yes. The black community is really a conservative community. Hmm. But our leaders are not being heard. The pastors who are conservative are not being heard. They're being ignored. And the ones who are liberal are the ones who have the platform and who ones who get all of the attention and the, and the spotlight and the cameras. Look at Fox News. Every time you see a black person show up on Fox News, he is either a, a Democrat or a liberal. Every now and then they'll bring a, a black conservative in. But by and large, the majority of the blacks who show up on Fox, who is the conservative, supposed to be the conservative network. Hmm. Well, I think people speak yeah. for our community are liberal, God hating blacks. Hmm. Well, I think, think about that. Just think about it. it Go and look at it. Every now and then you see a, a conservative black one show up. But don't confuse that with the number of liberal blacks that show up. And then, of course, CNN and MSNBC, they don't even deal with black conservatives right. at all. Right. Well, I thank God for people like Candace Owens and people like Tim Scott and so many others. And uh, I've been seeing more of them on Fox News, conservatives, and they're giving them a voice. Thank God. Um, now, we've clarified on this program. I've been whining about it for years. Yep. Sending texts to uh, Hannity and to Laura Ingram and mm -hmm. to Tucker Carlson. Stop bringing these left-leaning black people on to represent my community. They don't represent us. Mm. Yeah, they get enough time on the godless networks um, that we don't need to mention here, the liberal activist media. They get enough time. But we're talking with Pastor Stephen Broden, and uh, we'll talk a whole lot more when we get back about um, just what's happening in our country. The church is shutting down. Maybe we'll get into COVID a little bit because he has some just very challenging thoughts on what we should be doing in light of COVID-19. But uh, a whole lot more to come on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you so much for tuning in. The the title of the day, Political Correctness, Cultural Marxism and the Church. More in just a minute. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Pastor Stephen Broden, Fair Park Bible Fellowship in Texas. He's the senior pastor there, founded in 1987. Stephen, what we do want to get to, I don't want to run out of time before I give you an opportunity to comment on the Supreme Court nomination of Amy Coney Barrett, a conservative uh, justice. It, and the you might want to talk about the unintended power of one Supreme Court seat, because that's why this is such a heated battle right now, because the Supreme Court, they have supremacy or at sometimes even People would say tyranny that they were never intended to have. But your thoughts on the appointment and the left pulling all the stops to try to delay it? Uh, I think it's a, it's a great appointment. I think that uh, we have a good chance to overturn Roe v. Wade and to secure our liberties as defined in the Constitution. Uh, I say a good chance because we don't know what she'll do once she sits on the bench. Yes, yes. It's like we thought that Justice Roberts was going to be a, an advocate for liberty and for protecting <laughs> the Constitution. Turns out that he is, you know, a, a fifth columnist as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Uh, and we and we hope that she will will hold to her professions 
and that she will hold to the Scalia um, model. Uh, it's what we hope. Uh, we already seen that Kavanaugh and Gorsuch made rulings that were questionable. Were questionable. We thought, oh, how how could they do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did. Uh, we do have a majority that will be conservative, but these guys, once they get on the bench, we hope they hold to their conservatism, and that's my hope. Uh, my hope really is in Christ, and I pray that God will continue to superintend their thinking and help them to be what to do what is right and just and fair. That's where my hope is. But I, I do think it is a good appointment. I, I hope she holds to it. Yes. I know that Roberts is not dependable and that there's times when these guys, out of their uh, political correctness, will do things that are wrong. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that already with Gorsuch, yep. and I've already seen it with Kavanaugh. Yeah, this is um, – I don't know how many presidents have had this opportunity in one term to appoint – this is his third uh, Supreme third, Court nomination. It's, possibly you might have a fourth one. It's huge might have a fourth one. if he gets reelected. I, I think that's, that's divine intervention. I don't care how you look at it. I think God is engineering this because he is wanting – to use us as a nation. And I think what happened yesterday is, as we cried out to God in repentance, mm, yes, national day of prayer, uh, that it could cause God to delay mm. what appears to be the inevitable fall of America. Yep. Yep. And thank God for that it. gathering. I can delay it. Yeah, he could. I think Donald Trump is that delay. I think that was the reprieve that we prayed for. Yes. And I got to tell you, man, on, on <laughs> in uh, November uh, 2016, I went to bed <laughs> defeated. Oh, no. And woke up absolutely shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but what a pleasant shock. Hey, didn't uh, Trevor Loudon shared something, a, a word that had something to do with enjoying the, the misery of your enemies? And I thought, man, election night, when they called it for President Trump, that was one of those moments where we said, OK, for just for just like a little a little while now, we're going to enjoy the, the crying and screaming and 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 just the tantrums of the left. Uh, it was fun. Well, to be honest with you, Dave, I, I was just celebrating God. I, <laughs> I was just thanking him and, and for his mercy and grace because we were headed down the tubes. We were finished. Mm-hmm. If Hillary had won, we were done. Yep, globalism. And that same scenario exists right now with Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. If he wins, we're done. Yes. We're done because they'll get that power and they will cement that power this time around. Yes. They will cement it. And our listeners know you're not exaggerating by saying that. A lot of men have spoken out. And just Texas Senator Ted Cruz said this election is the most important. That He said electing presidents and a Senate who will nominate and confirm strong constitutionalists to the court, that is hugely important. And uh, I believe that we've got this opportunity here November 3rd. And, you know, Donald Trump is not the Savior. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Our allegiance is to him. But here he came out of, well, practically out of nowhere, and he's not a politician. He's doing almost everything he promised to do that is almost unheard of in politics. So I've been encouraged by his policies, as a lot of Christians have. Um, One more, I wanted to talk a little bit about this topic of COVID-19. You said some fascinating things um, uh, earlier this year, and I think part of that is what you shared at uh, that speech you did uh, outdoors in in May. you said COVID-19 is changing our nation and our world, and those changes will forever affect our country and shift us into a paradigm that's different from our everyday experiences. And uh, given the indication, it's setting the stage for the beast. And I would love for you to just share your thoughts on w- where the church is now. Some churches not even opened up, which is insane. But where the church is now, what we what we can learn from the shutdown, and where do we go from here regarding this fear of a virus? I do believe it's a shadowing of events that will eventually happen spiritually when the beast shows up on the scene. I think systems are being set up now. Mm. I think uh, what we're seeing is how easily people can be manipulated. The, The manipulation is happening because of fear, when we're operating in fear, we don't think rationally. Mm, yes. we, we try to escape what we believe is a threat, and we'll do whatever 
is said to us to do in order to escape that threat. The left knows that, Satan knows that, and he's using this fear to condition us to, um, to take the mark of the beast, to do what we're told. And we're seeing that now. People are walking around with masks on. Mm. Everywhere you go, people have masks on. And it has been proven that those masks do nothing. They don't do anything for you. It's like putting up a fence to keep out a, a, a mosquito. <laughs> a chain link fence to keep out a mosquito. You can't do it. Yeah, been a... that, but everywhere you go, people have masks on. Mm-hmm. We're being conditioned to yes. do what we are told to do. Here's what's happening. As this thing takes on a more ominous um, uh, shape, and I believe it's going to become more ominous, uh, then people are going to be uh, forced into taking vaccines. If you don't take the vaccine, then you're going to be identified as one who did not take the vaccine. And if you don't take the vaccine, you won't be able to go buy Mm. your groceries or go to work unless you produce some kind of ID that says that you have a vaccine. This stuff is staging for the beast. Yes. And we're being conditioned into abiding by what they tell us to do, even though what they're telling us to do has nothing to do with, with solving the problem of this, this virus. Wearing a, st- a mask and then vaccines, vaccines have been proven they don't work. Mm. They don't work. Yeah, there's some concerning. If people would just do some research, mm-hmm. you'll find out that most vaccines don't work. Yeah, this is a religious freedom issue. A lot of Christians are very leery about vaccines in general. But when the government, I don't know if we're going to get to that point where they will force people to take a vaccine, but we, we could be right. heading down that road. Um, well, go if, ahead. If, they, if, they, uh, if a second uh, release of this COVID is, is coming, uh, and it's a little bit more deadly or more... Um, impactful than this first one uh people are going to be frightened into doing it anyway they're going to they're going to be you've got to take it the government said you have to take it if you don't take it 22 million people will die that's why donald trump shut down the 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 economy because fossey told him that if he doesn't do it 22 million people will die well he had no choice at that point yeah at first he had to shut it down yeah and that's the same way that we're going to be manipulated into taking vaccines. It's going to become more ominous and more deadly. And then people are going to say, well, I, I, I got to take it. Hmm. Well, inside that vaccine, we know right now they use fetal tissue for, for vaccines. They're using dead baby tissues hmm. for it. They're putting all kinds of stuff, nanotechnology, where they can trace whether you have the shot or not. Hmm. What are they going to put in us? We don't know. Yes. That's why the Bible says, don't take the mark. Yes, and Bill Gates was talking about a vaccine that will actually change your DNA, mm. the RNA and the DNA. It, it attaches itself to the RNA, and the RNA attaches itself to the DNA, and it changes wow. the DNA Wow! so that you won't get infected. Well, what are they changing this into? Good. Something that God didn't design, exactly. and that's why God said, don't take the mark. Exactly. Don't take it. Not enough of us are asking that question. Um, yeah, Bill Gates, what, you know, yeah. The research is out there. Let me, yes, David, it is. Let me just say this. Sure. All that I'm saying to you, I got from my study and research. Mm. They're not hiding what they're wanting to do. Mm-mm. If you don't believe that they want a vaccine, the whole world, go to the United Nations Sustainable uh, Program for 2030. Number one on their list, vaccine everybody in the earth hmm. with their vaccine. Why? Exactly. Why are they wanting to do that? Yep. Wow. I think it's staging for the Antichrist when he shows up and when he puts the mark on everybody. I, I, I think it's staging. It's staging. Yes, it is. Um, quickly, we've got uh, about a minute and a half left with Stephen Broden, and uh, tomorrow uh, we're going to have— Pastor Paul Blair on, and uh, I just want to get your reaction of your experience at that conference. 350 pastors, 
phenomenal speakers. You were one of the speakers there who gave a great presentation on political correctness and how the pastors were just so— I was encouraged. I came back stirred up, ready to speak more articulately and clearly about what was happening, and I really believe that was a huge benefit. I wish we'd been having these conferences for the last year or two, but just your overall takeaway from the buzz you heard, people you met, and your experience at that conference. Well, it, it doesn't take, uh, I think it was Samuel Adams who says, it doesn't take a majority to win, but an irate minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the hearts of men. Samuel Adams said that at the birth of this nation. Hmm. I believe what we were witnessing was a small group of men who were finally uh, awakened to the threat that socialism and the Democratic Party has for our nation. Mm. And it could be the seed through which will mushroom a movement across this nation. The only salvation for America is in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we are Amen. the ambassadors of that kingdom. Amen. And God started something there, and I'm praying that it will spread. There's three things that that uh, I uh, implemented with the National Black Pro-Life Coalition. I started that in, 19, in, 28, in 2008. Information, education, and activation. Mm-hmm. Information asks and answers the question, what's going on? Education asks and answers the question, why is this happening to us? Then out of those two come activation. I think the church right now is at the place of finding out what's going on. Mm, Wow. Because we've been asleep. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, we're kind of late to the game. The the, the opposition has the ball on the five-yard line. And they got 11 men on the field, and we only got five. <laughs> you think they could score, they could score a touchdown? Mm. But I'm going to tell you, God can take our faith and stop them. Amen. He Amen. can do it. Yes. We've got to give him something to work with. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What a great analogy to end with and great quote from Samuel Adams. Thank you so much, Pastor Stephen Broden, uh, pas- pastor of Ferret Park Bible Fellowship in Texas. Uh, we thank you for taking the time to be with us today on Stand Up for the Truth. God bless you, brother. Thank you for having me. Bye. All right, when we come back, we'll let you know our guests the rest of this week. Keep it right here. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. All right, tomorrow we've got Pastor Paul Blair from Oklahoma. He was one of the organizers of America at the Crossroads down in Texas, whom that's where I met Stephen Broden, today's guest. And then you'll hear from Jan Markell on Wednesday. Josh Paris talking about sexual fidelity, and um, we'll have him in studio, I believe, on Thursday, Ephesians 5 Ministries. And on Friday, Reverend William Cook from Virginia. He is also affiliated with that part of the country's black-robed regiment. So we've got some strong men of God, and uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow with Paul Blair. Remember, Defending Life, Family, Faith, and Freedom in the Elections coming up that event Wednesday in Appleton with Julianne Appling and Dan Miller of Pro-Life Wisconsin. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. As always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.